What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Breakdown Breakdown. I'm here with my co-host, Hunter. Hunter, how are you doing? Feeling very Canadian today, Clemente. Feeling very Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. I think last time we talked, uh, they just wrapped up the uh, first round of uh, a FIBA group game. So we got like quite a bit to, uh, to talk about here. Oh. Obviously, like you, like you inferred, Shay is Shay in Canada is the biggest door so far. They made it to the semifinals. Shay's been, uh, I, I don't even think it's arguably, I think he has been probably the best FIBA player so far throughout the entire tournament. They had that, uh, uh, that one stat thing that you see on Twitter of like ranking the players, like like they, they ranked it on some weight level, but I forgot what it was. And uh, Luca was at the top for a while, and so was a- a- Anthony Edwards. But I think Shay's top both of them after today's game. I forgot, uh, NBA Central posted, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think it was Hoops Hype. Yeah, Hoops Hype. It's, it's their it's like their own little um equation or whatever i don't know what the specifics of it is but i mean the fact that shay's at number one i mean that just speaks that that's pretty accurate from what we've seen so far in all these games definitely <laughs> but i'm thinking we save that for last we gotta save the best for last oh, all oh, the yeah, okay. of course of course yeah before that i think we've got we gotta talk about the uh okc's other starting guard uh, Josh Kitty, who um, played his last FIBA game this past Sunday against Georgia, and basically a glorified exhibition game that really didn't have a whole ton at stakes for Australia. They've already clinched their spot for the uh, Paris Olympics next year, so they didn't really have anything to play for that game. Um, I thought Giddy had a pretty good game that in his final game with a summer for Australia, but really I think the game, the uh, – the group, the round two group play game that we got to talk about is the uh, Slovenia game, where Slovenia, uh, Australia lost ninety to eighty one, um, and that basically eliminated and, and that eliminated them from the uh, from qualifying for the quarterfinals. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean overall, I thought Giddy was great. Um, he averaged nineteen point four points, five rebounds, six assists, uh, really good scoring numbers for sure. Um, really got to the free throw line surprisingly a lot. I think he averaged like over five trips in, in his 20, 28 minutes of action. Um, during during his five during his uh five group games that he played in. Um, but yeah, I mean, any thoughts on either of those two round two games? I mean, I guess Slovenia like it's disappointing that Australia didn't get get to the quarterfinals considering just how much NBA roster NBA talent they have on the roster. Yeah. Um, but since it's like a thunder pot, I, I honestly really don't care if they made it or not. But I was more focused on how Giddy and Jack White did. And Giddy was great, especially in Slovenia, and basically in a must win game. He had 25 on 11 of 18 shooting, eight rebounds, four assists, uh, three five from the free throw line. He scored like eight, 11 straight points at one point for Australia there. And, you know, although they ended up losing the game, I, I just thought that was like a really impressive stretch for Giddy and like. I just find like a really impressive FIBA campaign. No, yeah, for sure. Like you mentioned, I mean, Josh was incredible. Uh, he was definitely the talk of like FIBA, like throughout the entire uh, run of Australia. And that game against Slovenia, I mean, that's just like a number one example of that. I mean, he he's basically carrying his team in that game. I mean, 25 points, I mean, 11 of 18 shooting overall. I mean, 
goodness, <laughs> that's that's the Josh you want to see. Honestly, I mean that that's definitely the type of uh, aggressiveness you want to see from Josh, especially going into next season. Just the type of guy who's not afraid to you know to score the basket, or you know even being uh, even more efficient uh, around the rim. Because like we mentioned in the past pod, uh, Josh showed that you know he, he's still kind of lacking on the efficiency around the rim. So for him to be playing up against you know guys who are in the FIBA play, they pack the paint a lot more, a lot more you know banging bodies in. in the paint uh i'm trying not to uh, pull a chuck in the uh inside the nba by saying guy banging you you know what I'm <laughs> but no but yeah uh josh just being able to you know convert layups at a efficient rate like this game for example i mean man like he said he was just a, a highly effective player in the FIBA world cup uh qualifiers and all that i mean he just he was just fantastic and, and like I said, I mean, he's still such a young guy. Uh, Luca gave him praise too after this game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I don't have the exact quote on me. But for you know, j- just to get recognition from like one of the top guys in the NBA, uh, just showing out and you know, statistically proving that you were doing you know all you could to will your uh, home country uh, through these uh, FIBA games. I mean, that just uh, it shows great maturity and uh, skill that uh, Josh has shown from over the summer. I mean, just overall. Uh, like you said, even though Australia with the NBA talent they had on the roster didn't quite make it, uh, didn't get any further. Uh, it still was just overall, like, like you said, this is a thunder pod. So it is, it is great overall to see Josh uh, over, over exceed expectations pretty much. He was just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, uh, I think we got to remind remember that this is just a five game sample size. So you don't want to react too much one way or the other. No, I'm sorry um, for play. Josh is a goat now after this. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, he didn't really shoot the free ball at all during his entire uh, tournament run. He went 2-12 from free overall um, for 16% from free. Um, not, 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 not super encouraging. Um, but from what I saw, I mean, his shot basically looked the same. His jumper looked basically the same from yeah. what it looked last season. Um, but honestly, I'm more impressed with his ability to just get to the free throw line at a much higher rate. And yeah. if he can, if he can manage to do that, like I mentioned multiple times, if he can manage to do that and carry on to the regular season, then that, that really, that, that can really overcome the fact that he's probably not going to be, uh, an average, uh, or above average three point shooter, uh, for most of his career. Um, so if he can get to, if he can drive to the basket, become, a league average finisher because finishing was like a, a, a big like weakness for him last year. They kind of went under the radar. Everybody's kind of focused on the three point shot, but like I think he is like one of the worst finishers in the league percentage wise. Um, but if he can improve that area of his game, along with get the free throw line more frequently, along with becoming a little bit more efficient of a free throw shooter, I think he's only shooting like seventy percent of his career in the league during this FIBA run. He only shot sixty five percent from the free throw line. If he can improve that a little bit more, then man, that's gonna that's really gonna lock at the whole new level for Shea, for for Giddy. I'm already mixing them up <laughs> for Giddy. That it, it did for Shea whenever he started to get to the free throw line at a at a high volume last year. The old Freudian slip, you know. <laughs> oh man, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, the uh, yeah, the ability to get to the free throw line, just drive to the basket, and and just not be afraid of contact is is was super encouraging for sure. Oh yeah, no, totally agree. And like I mentioned, this is also like, you know, in FIBA, the rules are completely different, too. So be able to work around that uh, a little bit harder to get, you know, uh, trips to the line in, in these type of games, especially with the referees. Uh, definitely an encouragement. Oh, it's hard to say, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah, 
I mean, but hey, oh, I mean, we're not getting the shade just yet, but man, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll just talk about that later. I mean, yeah, but, we'll say that for it. Yeah, we'll say the best for last. We'll say oh, cool. we'll say the best for last for sure. But, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, I was just saying that's the main course of this meal. Oh yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Giddy only played five games. Uh, a little bit disappointing, like like we mentioned, that I'll certainly make it to the quarterfinals. Um, but overall, I mean, if you have to grade how good he did, what what would you grade him? I think I think I gave him like an A minus, an A minus, which seems pretty reasonable considering expectations. Like That's he cool. was given, he was a yeah, he he was basically the main ball handler. Like the coach said that beforehand, and I thought he did an excellent job in that role. No, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's a really fair uh, grade, especially considering like, we mentioned that there's like a lot of NBA talent on that team. You got like Matisse, uh, Patty Mills, obviously Joe Ingles. A lot of these guys uh, that did will Australia quite a bit of ways in the past. They're getting a lot older now. Uh, they're having to like, you know, pretty much pass the baton on to some of the younger guys. And one of them is Josh. I mean, Josh pretty much is one of the guys that was able to take up the baton saying, you know, uh, I can just, you know, I can definitely take some of the scoring load off of you. I think Patty, uh, the, for example, Patty scored like 17 in the Slovenia game. So he's obviously not like he used to be in these uh, 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 these World Cup type games uh, playing against other countries. So being able to like lead that responsibility onto younger talent. I mean, they obviously trusted Josh, Josh a lot and it paid off for him. So for him to put up like these consistent, you know, pretty decently scoring games and also, you know, I mean, rebounding perfectly well is, and, you know, passing like he usually does. Uh, just like highlight real type passes. So it just, it, it seemed like Josh was up to the task of just, you know, being able to uh, shoulder some of that heavy load that was being passed on by some of the vets. So yeah, I mean, A minus, this seems like a perfectly reasonable grade for me. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Josh wasn't the only Thunder player on Australia's roster. Uh, Jack Wade, he didn't play a whole ton. He, he played in all five games, but he averaged less than eight minutes. And like really, most of those minutes were basically in garbage time. Uh, um, Kind of a mystery man. Uh, whenever the Thunder signed him, doesn't really have a ton of NBA experience. I mean, last year was his rookie season as a two-way player for the Nuggets. Um, as a twenty, well, twenty-five-year-old or twenty-four-year-old, after being undrafted a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jack White didn't really do a whole much during Australia's group play. He uh, he only made the roster because Jack Rondell had that pretty severe ankle sprain during their exhibition games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, any, anything, anything you want to say about Jack White's run? Some are saying they were saving Jack White for the next World Cup game, so, you know, watch out for that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, like you said, he didn't play much, so, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to take anything away. But, yeah, I mean, at least you got to how, see uh, Oh, what's up? I was gonna say, how discouraging is that to you? Uh, I mean... I guess it's definitely like a little bit, but at the same time, I, I guess it's kind of expected too, you know, because like, I mean, if we're, if you look up and down the roster, I mean, it, it's based off what he hasn't really shown like, you know, too much in the league already. He's mostly played G league with the grand, grand Rapids. I think is what they're called. Denver Nuggets. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it just, it, it'll definitely be a little dis, uh, discouraging a little bit, especially if like Jack White stays in like, you know, the main roster during the roster crunch, but that's just a wait and see type thing. I mean, we've seen guys in the past, like uh, Ronnie Price, for example, get cut, even though they're 
given uh you know money in the offseason uh, just to end up on the cutting board at the end of the day due to roster crunch issues but yeah it just it's a little disappointing but at the same time you know i guess it's not too unexpected once you see the type of names that are on team australia and you know considering that jack white only got that shot like you said because of jack londale's ankle injury uh i guess just somewhat expected in a way yeah, I don't know. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping heading into this FIBA World Cup to see a little bit more of Jack White. Um, but clearly, like if he can't crack Australia's rotation despite having all this NBA talent, then yeah, it's probably not the best of things. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, when he was on the court, I probably did. I, I thought he was decent um, off the ball. He was a good communicator on defense. He was an athletic wing slash small big. Um, really, uh, really uh, hustled out there, proper boards. Um, in terms of what, when the ball was in his hands, it was a little bit rough. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to like draw a ton of conclusions off of what turned out to be like what less than forty minutes yeah. total. So um, yeah, no, you can't really. We really didn't learn anything new about Jack White during this during Australia's run, um, except for the fact that the fact that he couldn't get consistent playing time. Um, I think that's a little bit discouraging for sure. Uh, but you know, I guess we'll just have to see how he does in training camp and just go from there. Jack White and Dyson Daniels had the same minute distribution. Should we have a conversation, Clemente? <laughs> hey, I mean, one was undrafted, and it was a lottery pick. So I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's more discouraging for one over the other. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring a Pelicans guy on just to see what their reaction is to that. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, anything else that you want to say about those two guys or really just Australia's run in general? Uh, Australia's run. Uh, didn't get to watch you live because you were on at like 3 in the morning. Oh, right. that's you the thing up for that. Dude, that's, that's like – that was like the biggest relief, honestly. Like, uh, if any of these three teams were going to get eliminated in group play, I'm just glad it was Australia because they played at three in the morning, and so did Lat- Latvia. But like, really, I mean, who really cares about what Bertans does? More people care about what Giddy and Giddy does. So, I was able to afford not having to like 100% watch the Latvia games. Um, but yeah, I was just glad Australia was. Eliminate just for my just for my sleeping schedule. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it restored your sleeping schedule. I mean, I I, I wanted to try at least, uh, but you know, the whole class and everything. I'm making that my excuse, by the way. The class is <laughs> keeping that's a, reasonable, reasonable. But at the same time, I was skipping some classes, so you know, <laughs> the one. But you know, I was I'm on the old man schedule now. After you know, after this whole couple of weeks. Oh man. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, a little bit disappointed Australia didn't make it, but oh well, it happens. Um, but moving on, I mean, we have to talk about this Lavia run. Um, they were eliminated today um, in the quarterfinals with a loss to um, Germany. I believe it was Germany, right? Yeah, it was Germany. Yeah. Yeah, they lost to Germany today. Tough loss, 81-79. Um, it ends their run. Uh, they had a pretty, uh, um, pretty crazy and probable run. They entered this tournament with a lot of the best players in Christopher Zingius. They really don't even really like actual NBA play to handle roster with Dallas Bertans. Yeah. And he's just, and he's coming off 
arguably his worst season yet. So the fact that they were able to make it this far and they were two points away or three points away or a baton three-pointer away from uh, making it to the semifinals, I mean, that's impressive in itself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bertans was – I thought Bertans was great in Lavia's mm-hmm. five games. I mean, he averaged 12 points, uh, four rebounds, one assist, shot 47.5% from three. Uh, shot 93% from the free throw line. He basically took almost exclusively all three-pointers. Um, he averaged eight three-point attempts and shot 37% from downtown. Like, that's that's crazy Same. volume and efficiency. And, like, the type of three-pointers he, he took, too, were, like, super deep, too. So, um, I was really encouraged by this run. Like, if we can carry this type of play into the funner next year um, at a much smaller scale, scale obviously, um, then, you know, KC could, you know, potentially have someone that would have a trade market and that's something that they want to do. Or if not, they would have a legit rotation piece who can spread the floor for, for Shea and the rest of them um, with, his, with his shooting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all things considered, Hopper Tons was great in this in his, um, in his run with Lavia. Oh, no, I totally agree. And uh, this game, especially with the uh, Germany versus Latvia, it really came down to Germany just having a, a bit more depth than Latvia did. I mean, and w- w- if you look at like Latvia's uh, box score, especially, it's mostly just the starters trying to carry what what's <laughs> the the skeleton of this team. I mean, the bench really didn't contribute too much at all. Like you mentioned, Davis. I mean, like he said, he he's been shooting tremendous. Uh, and that's what, I mean, hey, every time, by the way, when I wake up, because, you know, these games happen so early, uh, is when uh, Bertans puts on, like, these masterclass kind of shooting uh, games. So, like you said, it's really encouraging. If you're making the, the best of a bad situation with Bertans' contract, it, it'd be it's really good overall if he's showing off the one skill that he's really, you know, most known for is in his shooting and doing that on, like, you know, the, you know this uh, FIBA scale. That, that's great news overall. You love to see it. Six for 13 on, on the day uh, against Germany. That's great. Uh, so, I mean, like you said, uh, I mean, of course they lost to Germany, but for, for Breton just to be able to, uh, kind of like regain his composure and, you know, sort of go back into what he's, you know, best at, uh, that's so fantastic. That's exactly what you want to see, uh, him being able, like you said, showing off on a a much smaller scale, uh, his three-pointing shooting ability. That's great for either, you know, being able to stay with the Thunder or, you know, being a, a flippable piece around trade deadline time. So overall, that that just works out tremendously in the Thunder's favor. And when I look at the box score again, it's just hilarious to see four from 26 from Dennis Schroeder at the field. Yeah, <laughs> he was shooting a tour date today. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was crazy to see. Four for, to put up 26 shots in a 40-minute game is impressive in itself. <laughs> Oh, it is you know what? That's uh, I think those are my shooting stats, honestly. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I mean, yeah, Bertans is great for Avia. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see like what exactly his roles can be with the Thunder this upcoming year because he doesn't really have the most seamless fit in the rotation. Uh, but he definitely has a skill set that could, OKC could definitely benefit from. Okay. And, you know, just because he's just because you know he's he's not. He's not he's he's on a bad contract doesn't I mean he's a bad player. So oh, yeah. so if if he can, you know, carry this into training camp and into the regular season and become like a legit uh three point scoring option for OKC uh, as a wing, then that's just that's a huge positive for sure. 
And we all know how uh, Shea played with guys like Mike Muscala and Al Horford in the past. So if he can even do like a little bit of what he's done through this tournament and what he's done in the past before his run with Dallas Mavericks, that could work to his advantage and to Shea's advantage because he just works so well with pick and pop type bigs. So that a skill set like that could prove to be invaluable for the time he is around. Oh, yeah. Have you seen how Lavio's played? What their play style is, by the way? Uh, barely. I've mostly seen just highlights. So oh, far. my God. Yeah, it's basically like the 2018 Rockets without like Harden and Chris Paul as the playmakers. <laughs> oh. It's crazy. <laughs> they all just face out and just basically spam three pointers. It's it's kind of oh hell kind of yeah. funny to watch. Man, they they really just got the Mike D'Antoni playbook out there, is what you're trying to say. And I need that. Oh uh, yeah, uh, you hit me right in now. I totally I, I need that now. Let this season speed up so I can see that. I mean, I, I mean, it got them to the quarterfinals, so. Yeah, it worked. What for Zingas too? So, yeah, you know what? I'm full, you know what? We're totally rebranding now. We're just gonna go 2018 Rocket style now, just to see what what Bertans can do if he can become full lot via Bertans. Yeah, five out without like no real playmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Sit SGA and Josh Giddy down. Let Ludort cook. Okay, we'll see. Oh God, I forgot what game it was, but it was one of the group games. But I remember I saw like a couple possessions where Lavia would literally pass out of like. Like open lanes to the basket for layups off the drive, like three point shots. Oh man, tremendous, tremendous! That's that's the type of sicko basketball I want to see. Uh, it felt like I was watching uh, someone play TK. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, maybe that's who they had as their coach. Who knows? I mean, once you lose uh, Porzingis, you have no true playmaker. You just gotta. I guess you just gotta go all for it. No, yeah, I definitely expect the innovation for sure. <laughs> and it worked, so uh now they're gonna be playing in the uh uh the uh five through eight standings games. Um I think they play Italy tonight. So we'll oh, see how that goes. Disappoint disappointments uh, today, Davis. You can do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really good run so far for Breton. It's gonna be interesting to see how he plays in these five through eight uh seating games or standing games or whatever um but yeah moving on uh before we get into shea i think we gotta talk about little door a little bit he's been kind of been under the radar for canada's round but like man it's kind of bench for them but like he's missed a couple of games too he missed a couple of group games with, with soreness but in the games he has played i, I thought he was probably a great piece for canada and like a really good defensive weapon off the bench um I've mentioned before, him and Dylan Brooks are probably the best one-two defensive wing tandem for the entire tournament. And Dort's like really, really lived up to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Dort's been really good this tournament run, and like he's been kind of overshadowed by Shea. You know, does that really slow? Shea's Shea's oh, been yeah. so good. But, you know. it's hard to be like it's hard to stand out whatsoever if you're next to Shea. You know, like you said, it's just he's he's just such a special player. Anything good in comparison just doesn't really. Hey, there is no comparison. So, yeah, it's just hard for him. But like you said, I agree with you. I mean, when Dor has played, he's been pretty decent, uh, especially defensively. I mean, that's that's just his forte overall. So being able to show off that skill set in the in, on the world stage, I mean, tremendous. You'll have to see it. Uh, there was one game especially. I think he had 10 points. Was that his highest uh, he scored so far in a game? He had 10 points against somebody. But I totally forgot exactly who it was. Uh, but he, he was shooting pretty decently. He even had like had like a kind of a fadeaway uh in the in the mid range. And I thought that was like, oh man, that was like tanking door. I remember seeing that back in like 2020. <laughs> so 
So it was great to see him come back as like a little cameo appearance, like Stanley. So, uh, but oh, oh, like you said, Ludor being able to, to show off the skill set and being in a defensive tandem with Dylan Brooks, that's that's nice to see because you'll never see that ever again. I promise you that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but overall, being able to just uh, be a positive, you know, whenever you are being able to play, you know, you're not hurt uh, because you know, un- just un- kind of unlucky to be a. Uh, in a bit of the sores here recently, uh, not being able to play as much as you'd like to. But when he has, like you said, I mean, being able to ball, that's exactly what you want to do. So being a contributor, great to see. Yeah, the free-point shooting has been pretty iffy so far. Um, pretty high volume, too. So, Oh, hell yeah. That's you our know. door. That's Lou Dort from 2021, yeah. like I said. Well, you know, uh, in Dort's defense, it's, it's nowhere near our numbers. He, he's put up rope as he is, so uh, I think probably the most encouraging thing about Dort's play so far is just how how seamless it is for him to just play a much more smaller role for Canada than he's done for OKC so far. Maybe that could be like a blueprint for, for Dort's fit for the long run, uh, but I thought Dort off the bench has, has been has been great for Canada, and it, it, and it really um, gets me hopeful that uh, despite being a little bit of an odd fit on the roster, that he could still contribute as someone who could potentially be the fourth fifth scoring option and who could potentially come off the bench as well um, for OKC when slash if that time comes. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And we, we had a lot of talks about that in past pods uh, about Lou's role kind of diminishing as, you know, more talent comes in, but still being a, a contributor to the Thunder. So being, like you said, it's really hard for a player to, like, decrease their shot diet, especially with, like, the run that Lou had throughout these years. So being able to, like, being able to decrease that and just having another co- type of contributing role, if if it's on the bench or as a secondary type role where he's not taking as many shots, oh, that's a great overall. So for Canada, like you said, to have a blueprint like that, that's exactly what you want to see. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, Dort's been great. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Canada, they made the semifinals for the first time in their program history. Uh, they play Serbia um, for a chance to play in the uh, – championship round it's it's a it's a little bit bittersweet because we could have had Dorian Shea versus Michich and Poku uh, <laughs> man but wait first off I know. You, Serbia tremendous job being able to go this far without some of their stuff the best stars on their team like that's really impressive oh yeah no Jokic no Poku no Michich like those three that's like this is like Arguably, your two best players and like another like solid rotation piece. Oh yeah, I mean it's just it's solid coaching, solid play from the players. I mean, man, shout out to them being able to do this on uh, the top players in the world you're playing against. That being able to do that, I mean, just fantastic play. Really, I can't really um, can't give them enough credit. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, Canada's gonna play against them. Like, man, Canada, these last two games against. Slovenia and Spain. I mean, these are basically the Shea shows for for sure. I mean, <laughs> they needed the win against Spain in order. It was basically it was a must win game for Spain in order to qualify for the uh, for the quarterfinals. Kind of felt, it kind of looked like Spain was going to win the game, and Canada's run was going to end right then and there. But I mean, Shea basically dominated the second half and basically forced wheeled uh, wielded uh, Canada to the win. And we kind of saw the same thing happen against Slovenia. 
okay. where it was a tight game at halftime, and then Shea just turned it on in the second half and basically uh, gave Canada the win because of what he did. Um, so, like, really, really impressive back-to-back game for Shea, for sure. Uh, scored 30 points against uh, Spain on 7-12 shooting. Scored 31 points against Slovenia on 8-12 shooting. Just, like, really r- ridiculous shooting efficiency numbers. Like, <laughs> th- these are, like, like uh, all-NBA center type of shooting efficiency numbers, for sure. And to get that from Shea, from a guard, like, man, that's crazy. And... It's it's nothing new. Like Shea did this on a pretty regular basis last season, uh, but the fact that he's continued to do it in the FIBA World Cup kind of shows that this is probably gonna be, this is probably who he's going to be for the foreseeable future. As you know, he entered his prime. As he enters his prime, he just turned twenty five. So the fact that Shea is doing this uh, at this level, I mean, it's it's crazy to see, and it's crazy to see just how much more national recognition he's getting because of it. Oh, I know. It's been such, like, it's crazy to see. I, I can't remember. It's been a long time since a Thunder player especially has been talked like this uh, on such, like, a massive scale. So it's great to have that back in Oklahoma City where you have, like, basically a world-known player uh, where he's, like, heavily respected now for his play style and being able to just, like, carry his country. And, uh, you know, us here, uh, Thunder fans, we all know third quarter Shea exists, but the world has been exposed to th- third quarter Shea. And man, like you said, he he w- just impressed everybody, especially in the game against Spain. I mean, first off, props to you, Canada. You're the only team I've been able to wake up and watch uh, because you're, <laughs> and that's exi- like an hour before I wake up. So thank thank you for that. Uh, but moving on from that, I mean Shea, like like you said, I mean this is the meat and potatoes of our uh, discussion here because he has been a true star. I mean, it, it's it's just wild to see in like a pool where you got, you know, guys like Anthony Edwards and uh, Luka Doncic especially, being able to like sort of like being in the same conversation and at times being ranked like ahead of them on like a worldwide scale. Huge, huge news overall. Like uh, as a status of you as a player, uh, the status of you being, you know, known or more more recognized by not just casual NBA fans, but people, you know, who just casually watch basketball overall, especially on a worldwide scale. I mean, that's just, I mean, I remember in that game, I don't know if it was against Spain, I think uh, he was at the free throw line. I think he was going to seal the game and he was getting MVP chance in this, uh, the, the arena. And that's just, that's amazing to hear that. Like MVP chance uh, in a, in a FIBA game for, for Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's just, that's incredible. And it, like you said, it, Shea has shown no sl- signs of slowing down from uh, the All-NBA season he had last year. Uh, he's doing the same things he did with Oklahoma City, just getting to the the, the bucket uh, with uh, with ease, getting to the free throw line on, on a consistent basis. And I think the, the last game uh, he played uh, earlier today, he was at like, what, 16 attempted free throws and 14 made? Yeah, yeah. 14 of 16 in yeah, I think so- like 36 minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, that's, I don't even, I'm speechless at that. I mean, that's all, this is, a, this is a FIBA game too, by the way. Let our, I remind you again. That's just insane efficiency. These past two games, Shea's put up like 61 points on just incredible, incredible. 24 shots. 24 shots. Whoa, man. Okay, sorry. You're, take over for a minute, Clint. I got to catch my breath after hearing that one more time. Yeah, um, it's. It's crazy, man. Um, and and the way he's doing it is crazy. It's not just him spamming drives to the basket and forcing contact. Like we saw in the first quarter, he was hitting like some really difficult 
mid-range jumpers, fadeaway mid-range jumpers. Um, he's been really doing it like all over the court. Like he's shooting a lot more three-pointers as well during uh, Canada's run. So he's, he's been doing it on a variety of levels, and he's like relying on one single thing. And ah oh, man, there was some player I forgot who it was. Well, I want to say it was Rondé, but I don't think it was who said that Shea has has a deeper bag than Luca. And I I'm starting to believe him after he made like two guys propose to him. Uh, that whenever he was a uh, oh cross- my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, I I don't know what to say. He's got a bag on him. Shea Gilgis Alexander does. He's crossing up people, getting to the basket with ease, uh, deep threes, clutch shots, step backs. Man, he had. He's shown off. He's just he's just playing around with these guys at this point. It's it's just insane, incredible stuff. I mean, what's bigger than the bag? Like a like a suitcase? <laughs> oh, it, it's the uh, Mary Poppins little bag where it's just un you know no there's no end in sight. Oh, uh, like and you mentioned that Spain game. I mean, like I said, Canada like needed to win that game in order to qualify for the quarterfinals. Uh, oh yeah, and Shea. Scored or assisted Canada's final 17 points, and that included uh, that go ahead bucket he scored on that deep step back two pointer with 40 seconds to go. And then he hit, then he won a perfect six for six from the free throw line in the final 21 seconds to really seal just Canada's win against Spain. Yeah. So he's just doing it at like at, a, at, at all levels, and like, man. He's legit like one of the best players in the league, which is cra- which is crazy, which was something great. That would have been crazy to say just last year. <laughs> yeah. Now, I remember there were times saying that, like, Shea was going to be, like, an all-star talent, but, like, Superstar was probably, like, you know, it's a possibility. Maybe not even – I don't even remember saying it's a possibility. I was like, man, it's probably not going to happen. But, man, he is – he's a superstar. He really is. He has the makings of one. He's shown it off. He's shown it on an NBA level. He's shown it on, like, a FIBA level. It's just – it's impressive. It, it's hard to – I don't know how you can watch Shea Gilgis Alexander's game and not say this guy is not only a superstar, but just so damn impressive. What all he's done. Yeah, I mean, just the, man, he's really like the ability to just get to, to the free throw line, whatever. And like, yeah. that's basically gonna, that basically secures him being one of the best scorers in the league for basically the next five plus years. Oh, yeah. Just that skill set alone. And, and he's still trying to work on getting that three pointer to be uh, consistent as it used to be. And to where he just utilizes it a lot more. But even with that, I mean, he didn't even do that last year, like pretty much at all. And just like you said, his ability to get to the free throw line, that was that was enough for him to average 30 on the season. So like you said, for him to just get to the the, the rack with ease and just get to the free throw line uh, on just super efficient. The mid-range game too. Oh, man. man. He's become one of the best memory shooters in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean. That, that kind of gets lost, but man. And in the '90s, they would probably proclaim him God. I think that's how good. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it's just crazy to see this man. Like ah, uh, Shay, it's it's just crazy to see just how much progress Shay's made just in the last year. It, it, it just he, continues. He just continues to just ascend and ascend and ascend. It, I mean, it's like there's like no stop. I mean, it just feels like he's just gonna keep. He's gonna keep going up. I don't know where there is a stopping point. I don't know if there is one. It's just he improves offensively. I mean, he's still improving his three-point shot, which will probably – I mean, it's looked a lot better in, in the Canada games. He's been looking pretty good with that. Uh, and defensively, man, 
such a huge improvement from the, the, the season prior to the, the last season we just watched and still putting up some, I mean, he's still playing some prime defense in these Canada games. He's putting his all into it. And that, that's what's kept him in some games recently too. So man, I mean, it, I, I kind of run out of, a, I remember, I, man, give me a nickel. Every time I've said I've run out of adjectives to describe. <laughs> but I have, I really have. It, it's just, it's hard to describe him at this point. He's become myth, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, man, just last year, I was saying that his ceiling or his comparison is probably like DeMar DeRozan. And like, <laughs> he's already had a better season than, and I don't think it was that wild of a take to say at the time. No. Because uh, no. DeRozan, you know, DeRozan's like a really good player. One of the better guards, scoring guards uh, in recent years, six time All Star, three time All NBA guy. Like, if, That's if last year you would have told me, yeah, last year you told me if Shaken had that type of career, I think most people would have been fine with it. But like he's already he's already kind of surpassed Demar. Like I don't think Demar ever had a season like Shaden last year. Oh no, that was and that was definitely one of the better scoring seasons we've seen. <laughs> and there was many times where uh, his scoring prowess and efficiency was compared to MJ at some points, and it superseded some of those guys. I mean, he just there was just so many times where they were bringing up Shea's scoring stats and just how otherworldly they are and how we've never seen that because he just scores so easily and so efficiently and doing all that and scoring 30 and as a guard, I mean, man, that's really never been seen before. That's, I mean, whenever you see guys like do that scoring type with that high efficiency, they're always big men. So Shea's really just breaking the mold for uh, guards in the league. No, yeah, for sure, man. It's, it's really, uh, it's really crazy stuff. Uh, and not only yeah, that, she's been really oh, good. Uh, I was just saying, like, man, she's been really good this entire run, especially yeah. the last couple of games. I just got. I was gonna say, what's more likely to happen? Shay have like a game Shreer have where he shot like four twenty six, or uh, Drake Stoops uh, graduates. <laughs> That brings us to the college football part of this podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed it uh, the last week. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. So both things. That Bo Nix. <laughs> oh, Bo Nix. Okay, yeah. Shea going four for 26, yeah, for him especially. But no, I mean, man, yeah, I guess Drake Stoops graduating somehow. If, if Look, first off, if Drake Stoops does graduate, 100% he's going to be like a, a student assistant after this season. I already see it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's if he doesn't get uh... – Latch on to as an undrafted guy, or maybe a, a late, a, a day free pick. I already see but, the uh, in the comments. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Shay was a great man, and he outplayed Luca for sure. Oh yeah, and, and Luca got ejected in the middle of that fourth quarter. Any, I mean, just it, it was just crazy uh, to see Shay just outplay him through regulation, and. uh I mean, yeah. I mean, just keep his composure the entire time. It was just, it was just wild to watch Shea just outplay him. Yeah, how Shea gets to the line, how Luca gets to the line is quite the uh, just the position. <laughs> oh my god, that's man, that's a mouthful in its own. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, Luca just not stop, not stop lines, and Shea's just kind of a uh, the strong silent type, as Tony Soprano says. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Polly versus Sill is what that was. <laughs> uh, that's a really good comparison, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, man, we've already mixed uh, football, Sopranos, and FIBA World Cup yeah. all in one. So we're on a roll right now, Clemente. Yeah, Shay's definitely uh, Gary Cooper. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. You know, Shay's great. He'll have a chance to um, take Canada to the uh, FIBA finals for the first time ever. Uh, Canada versus Serbia. Uh, on one side of the semifinal bracket, the other side has the uh, U.S. and uh, Germany. Uh, so, any 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 predictions on who advances and who wins? Okay, USA is going to advance over Germany, and I I want to go like hot take and say Serbia advances, but I don't even think that's a hot take because Serbia is so good right now. I honestly think they have a shot to do that. But I'm going to go Canada anyway, and I want to see a Canada versus USA uh, matchup. But if they do meet up, I go for Canada on the upset with them. Or would it even be considered an upset? No, it wouldn't. But, you know, Canada over USA if that does happen. Uh, whoever wins against Canada and Serbia, that's who's winning, in my opinion. Interesting. I think I got the same final. I got Canada, USA, but I think I'll, pick, I think I'll stick with the U.S. Uh, winning the whole thing. But, man, if if she can lead Canada to uh to a FIBA World Cup, like man, that's gonna that's that'd be crazy. <laughs> right before the season starts awesome. too. I legit think it's possible. I mean, the way the USA has been playing lately, it's a little you know, it's all right. But man, yeah, this is this is what they get for uh, choosing Austin Reeves over J Dub or <laughs> Walker Kessler over Chet. That's just trying to that's just outsmarting yourself at that point. Oh man, and yeah, I mean, hey, Steve Kerr's coaching lately, you know, it's a little a little rocky. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah. Anything else that you want to add? Uh, Paycom got a new uh, scoreboard. Any thoughts oh, on yeah. that? Uh, hey, they're finally updating a little bit. <laughs> they got some new chairs in there. They got a new scoreboard. That old scoreboard is is like a, a thirty two inch TV. So I'm kind of bad. <laughs> oh man. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, what are you saying? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I think I've seen like a ton of the same type of argument. Like, well, this clearly shows that they don't need a new arena. They're getting new scoreboards. Like, <laughs> man, people don't realize just how long it takes to build a new arena. It literally takes several years. Like, oh, even man. everything goes smoothly, we're probably seeing like at least five years until a new arena is built. And like, there's no way they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna tolerate five more seasons uh, not getting upgrades of pay comp until then. Oh. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, like you said, if you get a new arena, I'm not going to see it until 2030. You know, that's kind of wild to think about. It's way ahead in the future. And, uh, man, if updating your scoreboard to, like, what, you know, modern-day NBA scoreboards look like is, uh, you know, just enough, then, oh, my God. <laughs> because that old scoreboard's been up there for years, and I, that basically doesn't even cover – that wouldn't even cover indoor football at that point. It was that bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm excited to see how it is in person. Also, I've seen literally like a million different versions of the same joke about how to score boards too low. <laughs> <laughs> that was the popular joke of the day on Twitter uh, that entire day. It's all it I really saw. was. Oh my god, it was hilarious! <laughs> it was hilarious. Everybody, everybody came up with like the same, basically the same joke <laughs> in different, <laughs> but saying it in different ways. I like it later in the day. People kind of gave up and said, well, "I was going to make a joke, but you know, I saw everybody." <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I saw that. I mean, the G League, the OKC Blue G League schedule dropped. 
Any any thoughts on that? <laughs> They're gonna be playing Paycom again for first season, and they got a ton of uh, they got a ton of like eleven a.m., twelve p.m. starts. I haven't officially verified it yet, but I'm assuming that means those days are gonna be like doubleheader days again this year. Um, but yeah, anything anything on that, that you wanted to say real quick? Yeah, I have the uh, the blue schedule as my screensaver right now. After that. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, you're right though. If I, I look over your phone, you got the OKC blue schedule. <laughs> That's ultimate sicko, like big time. I don't even think the players' mothers have that as their phones. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Imagine asking someone's time, and you just see that their <laughs> wallpaper is the OKC blue schedule. I think I would audibly go, "What the fuck? Why do you got that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't think either they, they work for the team somehow, or like you said, their family or friends of the players. <laughs> <laughs> they would even probably even go, what the fuck, at that point. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, it's many times. Can we just see just how much of, like, Jason Wallace and, like, some of the second-year guys, like um, Uzman and Jay Wall play for the Blue this year? Oh, yeah. I, I want to see, I mean – We'll be seeing a lot of the uh, Keontae Johnson as well with the Blues. So, oh yeah, Keontae Johnson too. They'll definitely be able to, definitely you know, really watchable this year. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, anything else that you want to add, real quick? Uh, you know, it's football season for everyone out there who likes football. So you know, get ready for that. NFL starts tomorrow. How about that? Or I, whenever this pod releases, it'll be today, later today. Oh yeah. For sure, which means the NBA is coming up soon too. Oh yeah, get ready for October, everybody! It's first week of October too, school season. So you know, don't have to wait that long. We're just a couple weeks away, kind of. Yeah, for sure. Less than a month. Less than a month. Really excited. Oh yeah. Well, all right, then, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, subscribe to the pod, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>